Tonight on Huckabee, syndicated columnist Cal Thomas. Laugh Out Loud comedy for Eric O'Shea. Police officer held advocate Adam Davis. Encouragement and song from Katie Nicole. Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. And now, here's Mike We are so very happy to have you here. What a great audience we've got in the theater tonight. And uh, we hope you're having as much fun at home as these guys are. And if you've never been to our show and shown up at our theater, boy, this summer would be a great time to take a vacation and come visit us because the tickets are free. And it is the only thing in all of the Nashville area where the tickets are free. <laughs> How do you think we fill this place up every week, huh? I promise you a good time. Okay, this week, the long-awaited independent counsel report from special counsel John Durham was released. And it confirmed what most of us already knew, that the FBI and the Department of Justice went out of their way to abuse the law in their determined attempt to prevent Donald Trump from being elected president in 2016, and then to have him discredited, criminally charged, impeached, and removed from office. The relentless attacks on the rule of law should make every patriotic American want to throw up. The people need to trust the most enforcing the law. But we need to trust the people to do it evenly, fairly, and with a blind indifference to politics. But the fact is they were conspiring to prevent an election they didn't want. And when that failed, they tried to overthrow an election they didn't agree with. Let that sink in. After you voted, instead of respecting the results of an election that they knew to be fair, they used every means possible, most of them illegal, to overturn your vote. I want to know why these so-called law enforcement officers and high-level officials at the Justice Department aren't the real insurrectionists, aren't they? Where is Liz Cheney? I, I kind of wonder why Liz Cheney isn't riding in on her self-righteous high horse with Cowboy Kinziger at her side, carrying the water for actual justice like they tried to carry it for Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi's posse and lynch mob who violated every last strand of decency, even to the point of twice impeaching a president because they didn't have the votes to simply defeat him. I'll say again that anyone who broke the law and vandalized the Capitol are sought to injure a police officer on January 6th, oh, they should face charges. I've said this I don't know how many times. But we saw a lot of people arrested, shackled, placed in jail for months without a trial, and who had their lives ruined, who didn't even go inside the Capitol. We've had some on this show whose stories are mortifying. People like Brandon Strzok, who was even placed on the no-fly list until he was eventually let off with a minor misdemeanor charge of simply being in Washington that day. But do not forget this big difference between those who went to the Capitol January 6th and who have been called insurrectionists 
And those revealed in the Durham report, the people who showed up on January 6th, well, they paid their own way to get to D.C. And most genuinely believed that they were carrying out their constitutional right to protest. Some of them went overboard. They committed crimes, and they're paying for it. But the federal thugs who sought to destroy Donald Trump and try to overturn the election, they didn't pay their own way. They used your money to do their dirty work. It wasn't their money that paid for Robert Mueller's $37 million witch hunt or the unknown millions of your tax dollars that was used to conspire with Democrat operatives in creating phony documents created to get illegal search warrants and cause dozens of Trump associates to be bankrupted by legal fees. They used the people's money, which was supposed to go after real criminals. Instead, these government-paid goons became criminals in the worst betrayal of the law in U.S. history. But here's the question. Will James Comey, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, James Brennan, Jim Clapper, James Baker, Andy McCabe, or their ilk have their homes raided, their property seized? Will they get frog marched across their lawns by SWAT teams at 5 a.m. and then go to trial and be held accountable for what they did to lead this insurrection? Probably not. And that makes me angry. Seething mad, in fact, because it tells me that there really is a two-tier justice system at work in this country. One for the insiders, the elites, the deep staters, the career government bureaucrats. And then there's another for the rest of us. And there is one more outrage in all of this. The media has proved to truly be the enemy of the people because they didn't just fail to report the truth. They actively helped hide it, distort it, and outright lie about it, and we can't trust them. We need an honest and objective press. We really do, but they have destroyed whatever credibility they may have had, and they may have helped destroy a country in doing it. Yeah. We're very glad that you chose to be with us tonight. It's gonna to be a lot of fun, believe it or not. Keith, who is standing over there by himself, He's going to be batting first, and he's going to tell us who else is on the show tonight. Keith, take it away. Well, coming up, we got a home run. Syndicated columnist Cal Thomas looks back on 50 years of reporting. And later, Christian Billboard chart topper Katie Nicole performs. You're watching Huckabee. Cal Thomas has spent more than half a century, literally half a century in the field of journalism. He's also a Christian, a conservative, but his syndicated columns and books have received praise from all ends of the political spectrum. And the reason is because they are marked by fairness, his commitment to objective truth. It's something we need a whole lot more of these days. We are very happy to have him back on the show with a brand new book, it's called A Watchman in the Night. Please welcome back Cal Thomas. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you, Cal. 
Great to see you again. You know, there's this quote by a guy at the top of the book. It says, when Cal Thomas speaks, I try to listen. I've been listening to him for a long time. Mike Huckabee. I hope that doesn't kill the sales of this book. Well, we, we tried to airbrush it, but it was too late. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm really pleased at the, uh, at the variety and the spectrum of endorsers in this. We've gone all the way from, uh, on the left, from Henry Louis Gates Jr. of Harvard yep. to Pat Sajak of Wheel of Fortune on the right. I tried to get Vanna, but she was changing clothes at the time. Yes, I, I, I would have rather had Vanna. Well, you know, I, that would have boosted the sales yeah. for sure. Okay, so Cal, you have observed journalism. You've practiced it now for as long as almost anyone in the country. What the heck has happened to journalism? It's like it's completely destroyed. Well, when I started out as a copy boy at NBC News in 1961 in Washington, we had uh, real journalists coming from newspapers and wire services who wrote their own stuff. Probably most of them were Democrats, but I remember something David Brinkley said that I think uh, is key to, to good reporting. He said, it's impossible to be objective, so we must try to be fair. In your monologue tonight, you touched on this. They're not fair anymore. They have an agenda. They begin with a narrative, and then they look for things that support that narrative. And that is why, according to the latest Gallup poll, trust in the media has fallen to a record low almost at the level of Congress, which is really bad. That's pretty bad. I mean, yeah. only mosquitoes and roaches have better approval ratings right now than the press. I was eating some mosquitoes the other night. <laughs> it tasted pretty good. <laughs> A new level of protein. But, you know, and, and we're laughing about this, but in all fairness, and what I tried to say tonight was that we need the press. It is an important part of preserving our great republic. Well, the founders understood this, and this is why it's the only profession mentioned of the First Amendment. Uh, even though George Washington called them infamous scribblers, and they, <laughs> they often attacked, uh, you know, colonial journalism, you'd think today was bad. I mean, they printed anything then, scandalous stuff. Uh, but they understood that a free press and a strong constitutional republic were interrelated. And as you suggested in your monologue tonight, uh, th this, this current media is watering down the power of uh, our government as the founders intended it to be. And when you don't have a trust in the media, where do you go for your information that's accurate and fair? Well, and, you know, you see Pulitzer Prize given to the Washington Post and the New York Times for a story that turned out to be absolutely false. They didn't return the uh, prizes. In fact, the Washington Post this week said, we stand by our story. I'm thinking, <laughs> you're standing by a lie. And yeah. everybody knows it's a lie. And you're saying, well, yeah. where did this get off the rails? Well, I think it started uh, with a cynicism uh, following the assassinations in, 19, in the 1960s. John F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, yeah. Martin Luther King Jr., followed by the uh, uh, Vietnam War, uh, where the Pentagon spokesman said, your government has a right to lie to you in the pursuit of our objectives. And then uh, followed uh, by uh, you know, all of these other things we've seen with Bill Clinton and impeachments. And, and it's a game now. And people just don't trust it anymore. But we elect these people. We have to, we have to engage. And uh, you, know, you can't get in shape by watching an exercise video. You got to go to the gym. <laughs> And you can't preserve a constitutional republic by only paying attention between elections. The left is engaged every day. And if we who are conservatives are not engaged, they win by default. So how did you practice journalism differently? And I know there were people on the left who were like you. They were fair. They, yes. they, crafted, or they practiced their craft with integrity. So why were you practicing it different? When did this just, we talked about it a little, but somewhere something snapped. Yeah, well, you mentioned convictions. 
I like to say the only politicians with convictions in Washington are in prison. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> a lot goes to the media, too. Uh, <laughs> I think it's related to the cynicism that people are feeling about politics. And we now tune into those uh, stations or read only those publications that reinforce what we already think. I had a, uh, give you an example, I had a, a man I know who writes for the New York Times, a columnist, who called me a few weeks ago and said, uh, at the end of our conversation, he said, by the way, uh, are you still writing your column? I felt like saying, yeah, are you? But, uh, <laughs> you know, they only read stuff that they agree with. They yeah. don't, I mean, I read them, yeah. but they don't ever acknowledge reading me. It's like, uh, you know, going, taking out certain magazines in a brown paper wrapper the way they used to do many <laughs> years ago. Uh, they won't acknowledge it. And I think that's a shame. We, we've got to look at other opinions. And, you know, I had this longtime relationship with my late friend, Bob Beckel. We yeah. wrote a uh, column together called Common Ground for USA Today for 10 years. And one of the things Bob always said, find somebody you disagree with and sit down and have a conversation with them. Find out how they got to their point of view. And by doing that, you earn the right to talk to them. And you, you might be surprised that you actually would agree on some things. But now we see each other as labels, right wing, left wing, secular, religious, uh, you know, African-American, gay, straight, all these things were all parts of tribes. One of the things Barack Obama said, one of the few things that I agree with, he said, you know, we're not a black or white America. We're the United States of America. That's a great yeah. line. I wish he had practiced it. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been helpful. Yeah. So are you hopeful? Are you optimistic? Well, Even in spite of everything that we've seen and what we've talked about. Well, as King David said when he was king over Israel, put not your trust in princes and kings mm. or in mortal flesh that cannot save. So my view is if you never trust a politician, you'll never be disappointed. <laughs> but I think we got, some, we got some good people out there. And I think, you know, as Kennedy said in his 61 inaugural address, the torch has been passed to a new generation. I think we need some younger people with fresh ideas and a fresh spirit. And I think we're going to get that in this contest. It's a great book. And, and you've got many, many quotes in there. I want to read this one. It's Cal's take. No nation can survive without passing its heritage, language, and yes, faith yes. to the next generation. That's a right. country must be built on something substantial. And if the cultural elitists think it can be built on diversity, that is a foundation of shifting sand. That is reason enough to buy the book, A Watchman <laughs> in the Night. Uh, it's filled with great... Uh, Cal Thomas specials, and I hope people will, will read it and learn from Thank it. Thank you, Mike. You know, I have a money-back guarantee on this book. If people don't like it, I guarantee not to give their money back. <laughs> <laughs> well, for our audience, a watchman in the night, it's already in stores. You can get it now or online, and we've got all the links for you. If you want to order this book right now, that's always the best time to do it, right now. Go to Huckabee.tv. We will link you up directly. Right now, we've got a watchman. His name is Keith Bilbrey. He's going to tell our audience what's coming up on the show right away. Well, get ready to laugh with hilarious comedian Eric O'Shea. Later, we'll hear from police officer turned mental health advocate Adam Davis. That's all ahead on Huckabee. Huckabee mugs, t-shirts, and more.
are you looking to take a trip this summer? Of course you are. You want to catch up on your cowboy culture? If you like adventure, family-friendly entertainment, and national park beauty, hey, we got you covered. Keith Bilbrey is going to take us to a special place up on the doorstep of the Theodore Roosevelt National Park. Keith, where are we going? Welcome to Medora, North Dakota, a charming little town located in the heart of the Badlands. Founded in 1883 by French nobleman Marquis de Morris, Medora has a fascinating history that is on display at the Chateau de Morris State Historic Site. But that's just the beginning of what Medora has to offer. One of the town's most popular attraction is the North Dakota Cowboy Hall of Fame, which showcases the history and heritage of cowboys and ranching in North Dakota. Visitors can explore exhibits that feature everything from cowboy gear to artwork and learn about the important role cowboys played in shaping the American West. Now, a must-see attraction is the Medora Musical, an outdoor musical extravaganza that features wonderful singing, dancing, and fireworks. And in June, it's the Teddy Roosevelt show featuring America's premier Theodore Roosevelt repriser, Joe Wigan. When it comes to dining, Medora has a surprisingly diverse selection of restaurants. For classic American fare, check out the Pitchfork Steak Fondue where diners watch cowboy chefs cook their steaks over an open flame with pitchforks. For something just a little more upscale, the Theodore Room at the historic Rough Riders Hotel serves up delicious gourmet cuisine. Visit the Harold Schaefer Heritage Center and explore the life and times of North Dakota's most legendary businessman who grew a national company known for Mr. Bubble, for goodness sakes, and more. Learn how he saved modern Medora. Yep, clean that town right up. For outdoor adventure, Theodore Roosevelt National Park is just a short drive from Medora. You can hike, bike, or horseback ride through the beautiful Badlands and spot wildlife like bison, elk, and coyotes. Or take a scenic drive through the park and soak up the amazing views. With its stunning natural beauty, rich and exciting history, and exciting activities, Medora is a place that will leave a lasting impression on anyone who visits. Come see for yourself why Medora, North Dakota is our kind of town. I got to tell you, it sure looks like my kind of town. They had me when they had those stakes on the pitchforks. That, that said, Mike, that's the place you ought to go. The other stuff looked cool, but that's what sold me. I'm ready. Let's do it. Hey, Keith, you made the Badlands look good in that little report. And uh, I can't wait to have a pitchfork full of steaks. Fun idea. You'll definitely need to go and visit Medora, North Dakota, and see for yourself all the neat things that they've got going on there. We want to give a very special thanks to the Theodore Roosevelt Medora Foundation and the North Dakota Cowboy Hall of Fame. If you'd like more information on this great town, like I want more information, go to Huckabee.tv and tell them Keith sent you and the pitchforks will be next. There you go. Our next guest is an award-winning clean comic that has over 25 million views on YouTube. You may have seen him on America's Got Talent or performing his songs for commercials routine with the late, great Betty White on the Creative Arts Emmys. He's got a new book out, too, and I love the title. It's called The Richest Comedian You've Never Heard Of. We've heard of him, and we're happy he's here. Please welcome Eric O'Shea. 
Well, thanks so much. And thanks for trying to cheer me up. Unbelievable. I'm so glad you guys are here. It has nothing to do with you. You're wonderful people. And I'm having the worst day. Here I am on national TV and my stupid body's falling apart. How so, Eric? Oh, I don't know, my little Huckabees. Let's just say I woke up to this today. Isn't this great? Yeah, the change is happening. You getting that at home, people? And you know what really annoys me? I'm kind of ripped here. What am I going to do with this? Can't get an arm tattoo now. What the heck am I going to get, a hammock? Like one of those inflatables on the car dealership. Somebody pop me. Just getting old and grumpy. I can't stand technology. Well, every year they come out with a new iPhone. Great. Can someone please fix the talk text? You know, when you talk on the phone, it writes out the words. It's not even close to what the heck I just said. I was working on my website. Eric O'Shea is ready to view Eric Horsehair fallopian tubes. No. And actually, I shouldn't complain, because nothing compares to the ridiculous things we had in our childhood. Well, now all the kids have cool games, right? Today, state-of-the-art, shooter, What did we have? Monopoly. You never won. You never lost. Game took too long to play. Like a waste of a week, wasn't it? Fifth day, you're like drooling on yourself. I don't want to play anymore. It's your turn. <laughs> The only thing you cared about was having a cool piece to play with when you rolled the dice, because you didn't just hop, you acted out whatever you had. You were the car and you rolled a 12, that was cool, right? You're the dog, you're barking at people, yeah! You ever get stuck with a dumb piece, though? You know you're going to lose? Well, I know I'm not winning this game! Why not? Oh, I don't know, Frank. Maybe because I'm a darn thimble, that's why! I'll sell my way to go! Even the iron's laughing at me! <laughs> We're gonna lose. Shut up. Yeah, it's still there. You know who keeps me calm? You know who my saving grace is? My little niece. And I love her to death. She's only three. Give me an awe. She's so cute, you guys. She walked up to me. Hi, Uncle. Hi, Uncle. Isn't that cute? I love you, Uncle. You're my best friend. Isn't that cute? Oh, I love her to death so much, in fact. One time she got a little sick. I drove an hour all the way to my sister's house. I ran up the stairs. She was in bed with her little teddy bear, PJs, and blankie. I said, sweetheart, what happened? I threw up on myself and I cried. Isn't that I said, what, honey? Tell Uncle Boo. What happened, babe? Um, I, I threw up on myself and then I cried. I said, that's okay, sweetheart. We've all done that. You, you threw up on yourself and cried? Every Friday night. You think I'm a little weird? I know. <laughs> All right, take it easy. But don't judge, because you're just as whacked out as I am here in Hendersonville. Yes, you are. You just don't know it. You ever say something normal, then repeat it really weird a second time? <laughs> you do it while driving? Where the heck's Chipotle? Where the heck is Chipotle? <laughs> you lose your mind looking for an address? 5345, 5345, 5345. I'm a sexy hottie looking for 5345. <laughs> then you get lost, you start singing about it. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going. There's a shoe on the highway, a shoe on the highway. How'd that shoe get on the highway? Did it walk itself outside the highway? There's a McDonald's. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Blow it out your butt. 
<laughs> that's how I got fired from the bus company. Maybe I am a little weird. But I can't help it. Like, you know what I like to do for fun for no reason at all? I'll just turn into those Christmas claymation cartoon characters. You know the ones. When they talked, <laughs> their mouths went faster than the other words that actually came out of their mouths. It's fun. Try it. Not now. Learn to do it. Got me out of a speeding ticket. <laughs> you know how fast you're going? How fast? I went to jail. <laughs> well, my favorite thing to do with the mouth, karaoke. Oh, it's fun, because I'll just mess with the crowd. Is it my turn to sing? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and through it all, when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out. I faced it all, and I stood tall and did it my May God bless you. Thank you for this experience. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate you. <laughs> that was great, Eric. Thank you so much. Outstanding. I know you're going to want to keep up with Eric O'Shea and get his new book. I love the title. The Richest Comedian You've Never Heard Of. If you want the book and you want to book Eric for your community or event or convention, go to Huckabee.tv. That's where you'll find a link to everything about Eric O'Shea. Right now, the best announcer that you all have heard of is going to tell you what's coming up next. Here he is, Keith Bilbert. I'm going to work on that and see if I can learn to do that. Up next, former police officer Adam Davis advocates for police mental health. Later, news anchor Lindsey Keith from TVN Centerpoint joins us right here on Huckabee. this audience is having such a good time is how can you not have fun when we got the music that we've got blasting us away every break from Trey Corley and the Music City Connection. Would you give them a big hand? Thank you. They just bring a whole lot of fun to the show. Speaking of fun, we're going on a cruise. We'd love to have you join us. The Steps of Paul Mediterranean Cruise. It's coming up October the 29th through November the 7th aboard a spectacular cruise ship, and it's just for our group. We're the only ones going to be on it. Joining us this fall are folks like Shonda Pierce, Guy Penrod from the Gaither Vocal Band, and many more special guests. Our website's got all the details. Go to thegreatesttrip.com. I don't know if you know this or not, but this week is Police Week. So we want to say thanks to all the officers who serve all over our great country. Recently, give them a hand. They deserve it. They've earned it. Recently, way too many people have called for defunding and eliminating police. And they're the thin blue line between civilization and anarchy. The predictable result has been huge spikes in violent crime, 
Many officers have just put up their badge and resigned. My next guest knows the dangers of police work on a personal level. He's a former officer and hostage negotiator, a speaker, best-selling author, and a minister to those in law enforcement. He's got a new book, and it's called Unconquered, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Above Defeat. Would you please give a wonderful welcome in Law Enforcement Week, Adam Davis. Really great having you here, and the timeliness is perfect. Adam, you had some tough experiences as a kid, and, yeah. and it's in a way kind of surprising that you would ever end up on that side of the law. You know what? I think that for me, it was becoming somebody that I needed as a kid. Mm. And, you know, I always like to end my talks by saying somewhere in your community, there's a little boy, a little girl hiding under a bed or in a closet, and they're praying for God to send them an angel and help them. Mm. The little bodies are hurting. God doesn't often send angels with wings, but he will send one with a badge and a uniform. Mm. And who's going to be the men and women to answer that call? And we need them today. Well, despite some very traumatic experiences that you had in childhood, molestation and things that, that would have destroyed most people, you've been able to build a life that is now helping others. What was the turning point for, for you? You know, in a long story put really short, I was sitting in a patrol car one Sunday morning when everybody else was in church, and I was separated from my wife and kids. I'd come to the end of my rope, and I wanted to end my life, and I pulled my weapon out, started to do that, and I paused, and I called on God. Mm. And I grew up in church. We grew up a uh, Pentecostal pastor, and we were in church 13 days a week. And um, <laughs> There's some of our audience that knows what that's <laughs> like. <laughs> and But it just... Nothing quite like what happened this day when I cried mm. out to God. I said, I need you, and I don't know where you're at if you can hear me, but if you can, you got a purpose for me. You can have my life, and you can use it. And a perfect peace came over me, and I encountered a love that changed my life, and here we are today, nine years later. Wow. What a wonderful story. Do you ever think back of how close you were to ending your life? And it, I'll try not to get emotional, but I think about where my kids would be today. Uh. I think about where my wife would be today. And I think about the nearly 150,000 people that I've touched through my books to this point, and that would have never happened. And I'm so thankful for His grace and saving me and redeeming me. We're grateful too, because what you're doing to help police officers, I, I can't imagine being a cop. I don't know how you would put up with some of the stuff you have to put up with, with people back-talking you, mm -hmm. cursing you, <laughs> physically assaulting you. Yeah. I wanted to make a difference. I grew up, my dad's owned a business for four decades, and and he had a lot of friends that were law enforcement. Most of them passed away now, mm -hmm. but they were really good men, and I wanted to be like those men. And and they were really long-suffering and very patient, and it took a long time for me to get to that point. Uh, but, yeah, you have to put up with a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, and to this point, my wife will get upset sometimes when people are running their mouth at me, and she says, why don't you just push back a little bit? You just let people run over you. And I'm like, it's not worth going to jail over. Just stay calm and let Jesus handle it. And you say, honey, if you want to get in trouble and you go to jail, go knock Listen, yourself out. Go she would she would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> I think we're married to the same woman. She <laughs> just go to didn't realize me, it. Buddy. Yeah. Um, this is Law Enforcement Week. We're yeah. paying tribute to the fact that, and, and I want to say, I think 99% of law enforcement are the kind of people that I thank God for every day. Yeah. But we also are aware that there are some bad cops. Some leading agencies at the top, and then there's just some bad cops sometimes yeah. that get out of hand. How do we, as just the citizens of America, learn how to separate that tiny little minority of the bad ones mm -hmm. so that we can better appreciate 
remember that they're human beings. You see uniforms and you see patrol cars and you see the lights and all the things going on and you see news stories about them and headlines. But we often forget that they're men and women. They have husbands, they have wives, they have children, they have dreams and they have a purpose. And there is a God that sent his very own son to die for them just like he did us. Because you minister to police officers, no. I know that you see firsthand the divorce rate is higher among cops than it is in most other professions. What do you tell them? that they need to do to be able to leave some of that stuff in the car, not take it home, and take it out on their families? You know, for me, it meant fighting for my wife and my marriage and my family more than I fought for my career. Mm. And so what I tell officers today is, you know, number one, just because you're a cop doesn't mean you're automatically going to get divorced. I remember this, the first sergeant I encountered, he had been on the force for a long time, and I was a rookie. I'd been yeah. on the job like two weeks, and he said, hey, where are you headed? I said, I'm going to eat lunch with my wife. He said, oh, you're married? I said, yeah. He said, you're not a real cop until you've been married at least three times. Wow. And I'm like, I can't afford that. So we're just <laughs> going to stick with the one I got. <laughs> so I tell him, you know, number one, most of the time we're the problem. Yeah. Look in the mirror, accept responsibility for your behavior and for your decisions. If you don't do that, those same challenges are going to face you in every other relationship you've got. Give it to God, surrender it to him, seek him first, and he will redeem your marriage and reconcile that relationship. That's great advice, great advice. Crime rates are up, particularly in major cities yep, and in some yep. of those cities. Adam, it's, it's depressing. You see people commit violent crimes and they're out back on the streets before their victim is out of the hospital. Yeah. I mean, how do you police with any sense of confidence <laughs> when you know the people that you arrest for doing something awful, yeah. they're gonna be out on the street before you finish the paperwork? You know, we don't need a politician in a position of a prosecutor. We need people who are going to enforce the law and uphold the law and uphold the Constitution and people that are going to have the backs of those men and women that put their lives on the line every single day for our community. Hmm. Well, let's hope they do it. Adam Davis's book is called Unconquered. And I have a feeling that many of you, after hearing him, would like to have him come speak to your group, your church, your community. And if you want to learn how to connect with him and get his book, go to Huckabee.tv. We will connect you. Right now, Keith Bilbrey is going to connect us to what's coming up on the show. Well, the newest member of TBN's Centerpoint team is with us after the break. Then a musical performance by Christian music sensation Katie Nicole. and sign up for his free newsletter and follow Huckabee on Twitter. All righty, our next guest is the most recent addition to the team at Centerpoint, which is TBN's daily news program. From sports sideline reporter to political news anchor, she was part of the Newsmax dynamic duo behind Sean Spicer and company. She was the company. But now at Centerpoint, she's committed to help viewers learn about today's issues while providing a way to process it and show a path past the dark cloud of news in these days. I am very thrilled to welcome to the TBN family for her first appearance on TBN, Lindsay Keith. 
I'm very excited that you are joining the TBN family. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This is so special because I feel like the tables are turned. I got yes. to interview you so many times, and now I get to be on your beautiful set um, with all these amazing people, so thank you. Well, Lindsay, I always enjoyed doing the interviews with you and Sean on Newsmax, and you're right, I get to uh, now put you through the grill like you put <laughs> me through the grill. But I, I'm really genuinely thrilled that you're bringing your voice, your convictions, and your professionalism uh, to the TBN Centerpoint show. It's, it's extraordinarily uh, fortunate for TBN to be able to get you. But I want to start with where you started, sideline sports reporter. Are you kidding? That's what you started doing? That is. And you know, the crazy thing is, Gov, I didn't even want to be a sideline reporter. Sam Still Ponder, who's now at ESPN, was at Liberty University where I went to grad school. Uh -huh. And there was a girl in my grad class and she said, you look like a girl who wants to be on TV. And, you know, I was pre-med in undergrad till my senior year. No so kidding. that was like a dagger in my heart. Pre-med? <laughs> yeah, till my senior year, so I didn't make it. But I didn't want to be in front of the camera. I'm an introvert by nature. But being out there on the field, in the action, it was so much fun, and I loved it. Uh, let's talk about uh, the new role that you're going to have at TBN. Uh, you're going to anchor the uh, new show called Center Point that is a news program. It's a new venture for TBN. So you get to kind of uh, mold it. It's, it's still not quite a year old. So what are your plans and visions for how Centerpoint will give people a different newscast than they would get from some other news channel? You know, I'm really excited to be a part of what they're doing, what Matt and Lord Crouch are trying to create. And you've been on the show so many yeah. times before already, so I'm excited to interview you. Obviously, Monday will be my first day. Um, this is, like you said, my first time on TBN is with you, which feels appropriate. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm excited. I think what people are looking for right now is how, does, how do I navigate the news? How does news assimilate in my life? And I think we have a really cool opportunity to do that at TBN at Centerpoint. You know, a lot of times news comes to you through a lens, a liberal lens or a conservative lens. Yeah. And we have an opportunity to show through a biblical lens. Wow, that's, so, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah. And, and you're right, it's so necessary. You kind of are going to start with a bang. Uh, one of your first guests on Centerpoint is former Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, you've already taped the interview. we got a little clip. Let's watch yeah. a little bit of that interview that we're going to see the full thing Monday. I knew as a young believer that the... I needed to make his cause my cause, and I really believe for the author of life, there's no more important cause than life. But I have to tell you, to have been vice president um, in the most pro-life administration in history, and the administration that appointed three of the justices that sent Roe versus Wade to the ash heap of history, is is something that I'll cherish uh, for the rest of my life. Uh, in that conversation. Did he announce that he's going to announce for president? Because everybody's expecting it's not if, it's when? Well, I'm going to hold that till Monday. So oh, okay. watch the show. <laughs> uh, but I do ask him about it. And you should tune in to watch it on Monday night. But it was great to talk to him. I think, you know, one thing that we want to do at Centerpoint is really have deep conversations with people. I think, what does God care about? What does God love the most? He loves relationships and he loves people. And so a big part of the conversation that you'll hear on Monday is talking about life. And I think it's something that really conservatives, 
Christians have an opportunity to really talk about, especially now that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. So I'm excited for everyone to hear that interview um, that will play on Monday night with Vice President Pence. And you know, Lindsay, it's, it's gotta be refreshing to you. And I, I can't wait to see you sit in that anchor chair because you're gonna have a liberating experience being able to speak openly to people about their faith. Talk about your faith if you want to. Uh, clearly, it's a news show. It's going to be about the news. But nobody's going to bridle you and tell you what you cannot say sitting in that chair for TBN at Centerpoint. And I can't wait to see how well you're going to do this job as the new anchor of Centerpoint. Thanks and welcome to TBN. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. And you can catch Lindsay and the entire Centerpoint team weeknights on TBN, 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central. Or you can watch anytime because you can watch online. And we've got all the details on our website at Huckabee.tv. So Keith, I hear this show is ending with a really special treat. Would you tell us about it, please? I'd love to stay right where you are. The inspiring music of Katie Nicole is right after the break. when Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn talks about the deck ceiling and female swing group, the Swing Dolls, perform. And welcome back. Now, in 2015, our next guest had spinal fusion surgery to treat a debilitating disease of scoliosis. The surgery actually did more harm than good. And the doctors were concerned that she might never walk upright again. But then God intervened. She spent the next three years strengthening both her faith and her body. And with the prayers in her journal that she wrote, she ended up writing her first hit song called In Jesus' Name, God of Possible. Our audience knows it, and there's a reason why. That song just hit 25 million views on YouTube and was named the biggest Christian song of the decade. Please give a warm welcome to Katie Nicole. Katie, sometimes God does big things mm -hmm. after putting people through some very challenging moments. You had a challenge, didn't you? Absolutely. You know, God has just shown up in every point in my life, you know, even through the painful moments that I've had, which has been many. You know, there's been many different seasons of darkness and just fighting, feeling like the fight never would end and God just coming through and showing me that he was always going to be sovereign and he was always going to show up. You know, even in those moments where it felt like I couldn't see him and I couldn't feel him, he was always with me. His handprint was on every moment. And I just, it's hard to even like fathom how good our God is because he's just so good. Well, I'll tell you something. When he turned the lights on for you, he turned them on bright. Girl, I mean, I'm just amazed this, this song yeah. Biggest Christian song of this of the decade. 
That's, a, that's incredible. <laughs> and it wasn't like you had all this promotional material and all these people. It yeah. was a viral thing that when people heard the song, they were overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. God touched them mm -hmm. and it just went crazy. Yeah, you know, what I believe is that there's so much power in prayer. And I wrote this song out of my own prayers, my own prayer life and mm -hmm. having conversations, real conversations with God, somehow taking it from direct pages from my prayer journal and turning it into something that now people are using as their prayers, that they pray over their loved ones, that they pray over their brothers and sisters. And it has brought miracles, it's brought healing and, and nothing I could have ever done, nothing that my hands could ever, you know, my hands don't make miracles, but the hands of Jesus do. And so I've just seen where God has just shown up in more people's lives than I even know about. Has this amazing. blown you away? Have you been shocked at the impact that you've had in the Christian yes. music world? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I I don't even I don't even know what to say. Like I'm pretty speechless in that like people have been listening to my music and I never thought that anyone would ever hear my songs. Well, they're listening to them. <laughs> Boy, are they ever. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, and you know, it's one of those things that thrills me to see someone who has the humility and the heart that you do, oh. but also who has the anointing. And, and we were in rehearsals this afternoon and I was listening to you do the song, not only in Jesus' name, yeah. the one everybody knows you for, but also the latest single that you have called Hold On. Yeah. These are songs that they're not just, it's not just music. Mm. It is a powerful communication mm. uh, of a message Absolutely. that you can tell is coming out of your heart and soul. And yeah. it's just, it is an honor to have you here. Oh, I want you to know that we are thrilled. We are. And, you know, I guess I could talk to you all night, but you know what would be even better? <laughs> Letting you sing. I think that's, wouldn't it be better? I think we should do that. All right. I would love that. So while we get ready to perform, Keith Bilbrey is going to tell all of you where you can hear Katie's amazing and inspiring music. Just visit Huckabee.tv to find her website, tour dates, info on the K-Love Fan Awards, and her new album, Jesus Changed My Life. Now, performing Hold On with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection and Mike on Bass, here's Katie Nicole.
Just hold.